you know, just grew up very community minded and, and, uh, things like that. So I think that when, you know, God put this calling on my life that, uh, it just made sense to me. Um, but I do see our restaurant sort of expanding into other counties and stuff like that, that have high food insecurity rates, especially those in Texas. Volunteers are the biggest blessing in this whole, whole venture, but, um, you know, training a new person every single day for, for a job is also very difficult to do. It's the Culinary School Podcast, presented by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Here's your host, James Criange. All right, welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, James Criange. Today I'm joined by Jeff Williams from Taste Community Restaurant in Fort Worth. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, joining the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you coming out on your off day and uh, <laughs> taking the time to do this. So let's start off by talking about the concept of the restaurant, um, since it's quite unique. So why don't you explain to everybody what your concept is and, and how you guys run your business? Yeah, so I mean, uh, Taste Community Restaurant is a pay-what-you-can restaurant, and what that basically means is that uh, you know there's no prices on our menu. People could come in regardless of their ability um, or station in life and a means to pay for a meal and uh, order from our menu, get served by our team and uh, hopefully have an enjoyable lunch. <laughs> um, and uh, how did you come up with this concept, and, and how long did it take for you to get it into place? Well, it took a while. Um, I don't know that I would say that I technically came up with the concept. I think it was a, a, a vision that I think uh, God gave me and a calling that God gave me to do. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I would say it's because of any sort of creative Thing that I ever had it's something that I think that was just you know shown to me um, and uh, yeah I think I was just called to do it so try to step forward to do it but um, yeah that's basically basically it um, could elaborate but uh, <laughs> yeah so I think like for me it was a, a, a dream um, and I think that uh, you know in that dream it was just very clear that there were people from all different types of all different stations in life, walks of life in a, in a restaurant. And, um, it was clear in the dream, looking at the menus that there was no prices on it. So, um, that in general is sort of how this whole thing was birthed. Okay. Very cool. And I read an interview that you gave, um, that you said food was sometimes scarce in your house growing up, uh, kind of due to union strikes and, and different things. So have you always had this desire to help people out, um, considering, you know, where you came from? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that um, that I had. I, I would say that when I was younger, I knew I would get into some sort of business that um, you know fed people or, or or something like that. But I do know that uh, you know helping people out and taking care of neighbors and things like that is something that uh, my family was pretty strong, and my grandfather was was very big in supporting orphanages and stuff like that, which you know something that he learned from his dad and and grandpa and stuff like that. So I think, um, you know, just grew up very community minded and, and, uh, things like that. So I think that when, you know, God put this calling on my life that, uh, it just made sense to me. Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't think I could have pictured this as what I was doing when I was older, but, um, it makes complete sense to me now, I think. Yeah. 
I, I think it's cool um, that you've mentioned, you know, you feel this God calling. Um, and I think it's cool that you, you're living it out and you're letting your actions uh, yeah. kind of speak the loudest, right? I think that's, for me, the coolest part of doing this is um, sort of that aspect of it, you know. I, I think that I've always been blessed in in what I've done, and I've always worked, you know, in with a with a servant's heart, and, and this is not my first business venture, but um, I always try to put God first and stuff like that and all the things I do, but this is sort of the first time where I think, like, this is something specific that God has asked me to do and, and getting to do it type thing, so... Is this the uh, most fulfilled you feel in a vi- uh, business venture? Uh, by and large, yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely, 100%. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that's an easy answer. Uh, so what are some of the unique challenges that you have at a pay-what-you-can type restaurant? Um, I think some of the unique challenges have to do with, I mean, controlling food costs is a little bit difficult with, um, you know, trying to guesstimate, you know, what people might perceive food value to be. Um, you know, there's a mixture, there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a difference in, in the minds of pay what you can versus pay what you want. And I think that tends to be a little bit difficult thing to get people to think about. Um, it's, it's a needs based type system, not a, how much do you want to pay for your meal? It might sound like a small distinction, but it's a pretty important one. And, um, you know, one causes people to really think about what they just ate and what that food would have cost somewhere else. And, um, you know, what they would, you know, what they, what means they have to pay for it. And the other one is just more emotional and feeling based. You know, what do you want to pay? A lot of us don't want to pay for food very much. Um, or a lot of us might think food should be cheaper and this, it's not really about that. It's not really about, um, trying to make, food more affordable for everybody um it's about trying to make food affordable for those who have a hard time getting it and um you know that requires people who could normally go out to eat at an expensive restaurant to maybe still pay those prices when they come into our building and um that takes a little bit of thought you know you have to look at the receipt have to have to you know make some decisions on you know, what that kind of, what that meal would, would cost other places. And then we have to play with, um, what the neighborhood is bringing in, what people are paying. And then we have to, you know, adjust food costs accordingly. And that kind of dance is probably a little bit more, um, challenging. And then the other, the other, uh, the, the biggest challenge is, is volunteer staff and <laughs> volunteers are the biggest blessing in this whole, whole venture. But, um, you know, training a new person every single day for for a job is also very difficult to do um so thank god for returning volunteers the same point you know uh, restaurants have high turnover as it is but i mean i don't know if any restaurant tour could imagine you know training 30 30 percent of their staff or so every single day and that's sort of what it's like and that's that's challenging and also, uh, I think when you have a volunteer base, I would imagine that um, it's not like a job where people feel if they don't show up, they're going to get fired. Um, they know that if, if something comes up, they might prioritize that higher. Does that cause you stress, um, kind of worrying about from day to day if you're going to have enough people? Yeah, so definitely does. And there's definitely points of time where, um, you know, something happens and for some reason we get a lot of people who don't show. Um but we, we have we have amazing volunteers and 
we have a good list of volunteers who, you know, we can call at any particular time and try to see if we get some people in. So we've been able to work through it, but, um, it, it, that's definitely a big, uh, discussion we're having right now, as far as we want to expand our service hours. So that, that's sort of like the number one question is, you know, how are we going to be able to scale the volunteer aspect of it, um, in the expansion of the service hours? And that question comes up a lot. Um, you know, don't want to, it's not that people are flaky. It's just life happens to everybody. And when this isn't your job, um, certain aspects of life have to take precedence and, and we understand that and we agree they have to take precedence. (laughs) You know, this is a volunteer thing that you're doing for the community. Um, you know, home things and things like that should possibly, you know, should take priority. So, um, it's definitely hard for us to, to balance and, and it makes it hard for us. It's, it's one of the biggest things that we face when making decisions like expanding service hours and moving into breakfast, moving into dinner and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, right now you guys are open from 11 to two, mm-hmm. uh, from Tuesday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you're, you're at the lunch. So when would you say would be a realistic goal um, for you to then open up maybe for dinner or for breakfast as well? Yeah. Uh, I think goal wise, we have wanted to open up already <laughs> for something. I think mother's day, um, was not mother's day. Easter was our first brunch service. Um, and, and that was an expanding of an hour to our service. So we opened at 10 instead of 11. Um, but it was supposedly going to happen that that was going to continue to be a weekend thing that we just did that. Um, but I think, I think I was just too nervous to, <laughs> to do that. Um, so it has stopped. And we've, we've done the Mother's Day brunch and stuff like that since. But that was one of our original goals and we haven't hit. Um, I don't know that we have set hard deadlines for it. I had tried to set hard deadlines for it uh, originally. I think I think I said that uh, we opened December fifth, and I think I'm like, oh, by January first, we'll we'll have <laughs> another service. And um, obviously, that wasn't right. So I think we're trying to just to let it organically take place on when it just feels like it makes sense, um, rather than try to stress everybody out and forcing something to happen. Um, because it can get stressful. Um, so uh, I don't know if we have any hard set goals as far as that goes. I, I do know that it does seem like we're leaning towards breakfast before dinner. Um, but again, that the challenge in that is getting volunteers early. Um, and then maybe dinner Friday, Saturday nights. But um, I don't know that Magnolia, at least for us in the area, not sure if a dinner every single day of the week is going to make sense, um, but we'll see. What, what's what been the response from the community so far? Um, has it been really positive for you guys? Yeah, I mean, so far it's been great. I mean, there's always um, going to be people who, who don't understand it or, or maybe don't like the concept. Um, but for the most part, I, I think we're, we're doing what we wanted to do um, with it. And for the most part, we're... I believe well received by the community from both people, um, both from both people who are in need and and those who want to help people who are in need. I think they like how it works and and things like that. So I think we're getting good support from both sides. Uh, would you say that in the future um, you see yourself not only expanding to breakfast but 
Would you like to see more locations uh, around Fort Worth? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to see more locations. Um, as far as around Fort Worth, I think Fort Worth could definitely use another restaurant like ours. I think it would take some work to try to find um, a location. I mean, I think we really lucked out with the spot we're at in the near south side. But, um, you know, you had to find another sort of cultural cross crossroad like that. Um, and there's there's not many near south sides in Fort Worth. But I'm sure there's another spot that would work. And, and Fort Worth has a large enough food insecure population that it definitely could use another restaurant. Um, but I do see our restaurant sort of expanding into other counties and stuff like that that have high food insecurity rates, especially those in Texas, because Texas is um, a state that has a very high food insecurity uh, rate. Uh, but there are other restaurants like ours across the nation. Um, One World Everybody Eats is an organization that sort of centralizes they have a conference every year, but they have a central database of, of pay what you can eateries. Um, and, but they're all a little bit different. And of course we'd like to see our model sort of expand, um, as well, but yeah, hopefully that answers your question. I don't know that we will open in a second one in Fort Worth before we do another County. Okay. Um, but I can see us opening another one in Fort Worth. And what would you say to someone who wants to open a pay-what-you-can type restaurant? What's, what's like, the one piece of advice you would give them? Um, find a good team um, of people who believe in the project and uh, just do, do your research and find a good location. Um, but mainly just get ready for a lot of work. Um, but I think that's true in anything that's worth doing, uh, especially in the restaurant industry. It's not Restaurants aren't easy. Um, nonprofit restaurants are not easy. Uh, I mean, restaurants, they don't, restaurants aren't huge profit, um, you know, businesses anyway, unless, you know, until you get into multiple locations and chains and scale and things like that. But it's a lot of restaurants are a lot of work and no matter if it's a for-profit or nonprofit, I think that's just what you have to ready yourself for is a lot of work. And so you mentioned your team. Uh, do you want to kind of give them a shout out here and, and just tell me how who are the important people of your team <laughs> and, and who's helped you out the most? Uh, definitely who has helped me out the most is my wife. But um, as far as a team, it, it, there's there's too many to really number. I mean, we have <laughs> a we have a good, strong team of, of 600, you know, we call them taste buds, but we have, you know, over 600 volunteers and um, – yeah, I don't know that there's any one of them that we could do what we do without. Um, so it would be hard for me to sit here and name 600 names. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, no, I would say every one of our taste buds, you know, we call them taste buds. They're pretty amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, to kind of wrap this up, and, and I like to ask the chef, all the chefs that come on here. Sure. Um, how do you balance out your time? I mean, running a restaurant, it, it's a big, big deal. And, and you uh -huh. guys, well, you're open six days a week. And I mean, that's a lot of time that goes into that. Um, and you want to expand. How do you balance out your time between having this restaurant um, that demands a lot and causes you a lot of stress having all these new employees every day um, and then having a family life as well? Yeah. So I don't know. I'd be interested to know what your other chefs say. Uh, it, that's not an easy task, especially, I think, in the beginning of a restaurant. But again, I, I think it comes down to having a good team. So like I could give a shout out to, uh, there's Izzy is our other kitchen lead and he's a chef. And, um, 
just people that you know that could take care of things when when you are not there or when you can't be there or when you have to do something else is is super important um other than that uh you, you know it's at the beginning it's going to be really really rough and you just have to find your own groove uh, we're still searching for that ourselves but um but yeah i mean i think i think the important thing is you can't build it in a way where it relies solely on you um and that that's not easy to do in any way shape and form i mean if you're a chef and you're, you know, you're a chef and you're starting your restaurant, it's your menu, you're going to be attached to it. You're going to be all that kind of stuff. But, um, you're going to, you know, I'm learning how to do this, but everybody, you have to learn how to detach a little bit from it and put trust into some other people. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on. I, I really appreciate the time and, um, I really appreciate your answers. I think, uh, you know, you, a lot of, uh, informative stuff in there. All right. Thanks again to Jeff Williams for coming on to the podcast. Go and check out Taste Community Restaurant. They're located over on South Main Street here in Fort Worth. Really cool thing that they're doing over there. And, and I think something that um, pretty much every county in the country could use. So um, really uh, awesome business and, and awesome getting to sit down here and talk with him. If you like that podcast, why don't you go ahead and hit subscribe. This way you can stay up to date with all of our latest podcast episodes. Also, if you want to leave a rating or a review or both, we'd much appreciate it. It would really help us out. Um, if you also want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram. We're Culinary School FTW. And on Facebook, you can just search for the Culinary School of Fort Worth and you'll find us. This way you can stay up to date with all of our latest posts. That includes our articles, our videos, our pictures, our podcasts when they come out, um, and everything else, all the important info for the school that you need to know. So go ahead and follow us on there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye.